Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Thank you, too. Summertime And the living is easy Fish are jumping Hi friends, welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. We are going to review, I'm already starting this off with a flub, we're going to review the last night from SPAC um, 7-3-16, and uh, Chilwig is here, Craig Hillwig's here with us, he wrote the fish.net review, and um, it was a fun read, Craig, tell us a little bit more about just the Saratoga Springs area, and you know, the venue, and all that. we know that you've been up there a lot. Well, you know, as I said in the review, upstate New York, it, it can be a really beautiful place in the summer. They have these, you know, really big skies with big puffy clouds, and and if uh, if the weather's just right, it's you know ample sunshine, cool breezes, and just a, a pleasure 
a pleasant experience out there. And the uh, the venue itself is in the middle of a park, so there's lots of tall trees, and you're literally parking among among the pines. There's lots of shaded areas. It's nice. a great tailgating experience, and it's it's become kind of a tradition, a 3.0 mostly tradition. But um, a lot of people really enjoy going up there for the for the whole the whole experience. Yeah, you know, I've I've never really heard anything bad about the venue or the area or anything like that. Just maybe the like the the bottleneck people in so maybe a little crowded but otherwise it's a wonderful place right that and 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 you know it's it's an old place i think that it's celebrating its 50th year this year so i mean the the facilities are a little bit worn down and um you know it's showing its age a little bit but um you know hopefully they can uh i think they're supposed to be renovating it and and it's they now they started with the lawn improvements and things like that and cool. hopefully it'll continue to become a a place where we can go and spend a weekend and see fish nice nice rj you read craig's yeah. net review right yeah i was i was i was um i was waiting for the title because craig is great at the puns um, and, uh, <laughs> it, it didn't disappoint. Um, no. so, so Craig is, is this, um, well, sorry. So the title of the, of the piece was spec letdown party. Um, they <laughs> of course opened the second set with soul shakedown party. So that was, that was good. Um, what do you, what do you make of the, you know, there's obviously a lot of chatter about, you know, the show was not good. Um, the show was not good at times or the show was bad overall. Um, what do you make of the, given your perspective of seeing the band for a long time and, and kind of, you know, having your perspective on it, what do you make of this? Is this just like a stumble in the road or, or, or is it a sign of something else? I mean, what, what did you walk out thinking last night? I mean, uh, I don't know what to think about last night. I had a lot of high hopes after the first night of SPAC because I thought that that was um, certainly a tier above anything they had played previously in the tour. And if that was, you know, if that was going to be the upward curve of this run, then we were in for, you know, a lot of good jams and a lot of good shows uh, as the band continues to gain its confidence and its and its prowess uh, as the tour goes. And that's kind of the typical arc of a tour that we, we've seen, mm-hmm. you know, even, you know, tour to tour, it, it can differ, but, you know, we, we, we tend to sort of have the experience now where we know that the first five to six shows of the tour can be a little bit clunky and, and, you know, they work the rust out and, and then, you know, a combination of set list fatigue and, 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 uh, just repetition, uh, combined to start getting some more really deep jams and some more deeper cuts and bust outs as the tour progresses. And I, you know, I think I thought that a lot of people were hoping that by the time we got through the end of staff, that, that we would be realizing that, that phase of the tour, but I don't think we are. And mm-hmm. too soon to say whether or not it's just slow going and, and it's going to pick up or whether or not it's just going to be the tone of this tour. You know, I've read a few times that people are like, well, we don't, you know, we didn't get Trey with months of fairly well practice. Do you think it's it's? I mean, there were ton, like we mentioned earlier, there's a ton of flubs last night, especially in the first set. Um, do you think, Craig, that it's a, it's a lack of practice on Trey's part? I I have no way of knowing that. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, my my sort of just speculation was that you know they're working on an album, so they're playing a lot together, mm-hmm. and they're 
they're listening to each other and they're, mm-hmm. and, and, and that through that process, there would be, you know, some, so some cohesion coming into the process. And uh, I know that they had, a. Uh, you know, set up things at, at St. Paul for a few days before the tour even started to, yeah. you know, sound check, rehearse uh, in a live format, test out the, the new LED screens and whatnot. So it sounded like they were taking a really serious approach to, uh, you know, making this tour tremendous. And, and I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. And, and uh, I don't know if it's, if it's clear from the couch tours, you know, if, if, People watching at home are seeing things that I that I'm not seeing, you know, from thirty rows back or whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, but I mean, but I, th- I thought last night I watched last night it was the first one I've watched, but it was to me it just looked like Trey was like having a blast. You know, that was kind of one of my mm-hmm. takeaways. He's just like he's jumping around and having fun and and smiling and and all that, and that was kind of an interesting. Uh, contrast i guess to what most most of the fans were feeling a lot of the time i felt really bad for mike during sugar shack because i was like hey, come on man like just don't even yeah. don't even bother you know if you're gonna if, you're, if you can't do it but um but it's not know, like man. it's not like that's the first time he's ever blown that song but they're yeah. like they're not giving it up you know what i mean like full steam ahead and he wants to give mike his songs which is cool yeah, i'm sure yeah. it comes from a place of good intentions but um right I guess, Craig, the the main thing from my perspective is, I think we've talked about this before, is that people um, want an unpredictable band to do predictable things according to their own whims and and preferences, you know? And that's just not how real life works. Um, It was interesting that you kind of compared, you know, you used the marriage metaphor. I'm sure that was kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I actually think it's, it makes a lot of sense in ways and kind of like, life is you you know you don't know what's you can't predict you can't you can plan all you want but you don't know what's going to happen and these are four human beings kind of in a complex relationship musically and personally and it's just you can't just go in and say like they better be epic or um that's going to suck you know right so, i don't know what what do you think about that craig well i mean you know you, obviously the, the the marriage metaphor wasn't accidental and, and you know uh any marriage or marriage type relationship is a lot of work and there's going to be disappointments and, and there's going to be some days when one, one or both of you aren't feeling it <laughs> and it makes it harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so, so there's definitely that, uh, uh, but, um, you know, I think you, when you, you see how, how awesome that, that moment dance jam was, yeah, I mean it was stunning. It was as good a top level jamming as anything we saw in any of the peak jams in the summer 2015, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. And 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 it was so enjoyable and so it seemingly effortless on their part and fluid. And then to just have it be like okay, and and here's a bunch of songs to fill out the, <laughs> the next 45 yeah. or 50 minutes. Right. Um, it, like why obviously i mean they seem to be able to turn it on so yeah and, I mean, and there seems to be that like the capabilities there the the pullback even that i've noticed from trey when it seems like mike and fish are really grooving you know what i mean that he's he's like purposely kind of pulling it back i maybe not but it just seems that's what it seems to my ears it's so hard to you know yeah. impute 
intention to things and, and I tried to avoid that. But, you know, from my perspective, you know, I, when they went into twist, I thought, whoa, here we go. You know, mm-hmm. the, the first twist of the tour was the first set twist and it was a pretty, you know, straightforward seven, eight minute, you know, fiery, you know, Santana-esque twist. That didn't really go anywhere, but that was okay because it was a first set twist. It was four or five songs into the first set. And and here you have, you know, the twist in what was this, the, the three the three slot or the you know Yeah. And in, in a place where, you know, you could use another, you know, thirteen, fourteen, yeah. seventeen, twenty minutes to stretch it out. And it, it was a really good. good twist. It was peppy, it was crisp, it had a lot of fiery leads. Uh, it wasn't flubby at all to my ears, although, you know, the sound was, you know, not terrific in, in the pavilion this year in my experience. But, um, Oh really? Why, why do you think any you idea? Know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was my seats. Maybe it was, you know, the rig this year, but, um, yeah. it's that reason I've heard it be better there, but, um, well, you know, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's, it's funny because people are also talking that like Trey, there's chatter or whatever that Trey is frustrated with his equipment. I haven't noticed that, but um, I know it's new. You know, there was all that talk about the the switches that they've changed in the you know the middle pickup. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the, the, but the, equip, the equipment I'm more frustrated with are, are his 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 finger coordination. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not consistently. It's not consistently at a level where it's 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 adding to the music, right? Yeah, it's it's. Go ahead, RJ. I was just going to say sorry to. I, we'll let you go in a minute, Craig. But this last question, I kind of for both of you guys is: Does is fish kind of in a no-win situation here because they've they've been so good for so long, and it's clear, like you said, that they can turn it on and they can kind of get locked into this. You know, we we're we're almost too used to like epic second sets coming every you know five or ten shows, if not more often. So like, are they in an unwinnable position here by like you know continuing to kick ass, therefore raising our expectations, and then ultimately leaving a bunch of fans pissed off every few shows? Is that like, I don't know. That's just kind of what I've been thinking the past couple of days. Well, you know, it's certainly. I mean, I'm sure it's crossed everybody's mind that, I mean, you know, look, if you think about it, like how smart are, are Mick Jagger and Keith Richards to write these songs with the, you know, the four bar blues, three chords, and you can play those songs until you're 85. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, instead Trey wrote songs like Yam and Divided Sky and It's Ice and Sugar Shack. And, you know, those songs are hard to play without constant repetition especially as you as you get older so i think they are in a winnable an unwinnable position in many respects because people are going to expect a lot of setless variation deep cuts including the old complex pieces like that and yeah. you know unless they're playing them you know in a heavy rotation um it's inevitable that you're going to see some rough patches yeah, I think it's I think it's unwinnable in in two ways. Number one, like you like you said, Craig, their 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 catalog is so big and it's complex that it's hard to to play the whole catalog which everybody wants and be on top of it all. And secondly, it's unwinnable because 
you know, I was thinking when that moment dance, after the moment dance, and then after the end of the second set yesterday, that it's, so, it's sort of like tube, you know, like jam tube out. And I, I've always said jam MoMA out more, you know what I mean? It's so funky. And, and then we get it in the second set, an awesome MoMA, and people are still bitching. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's to me, that's unwinnable. Like they could have played an awesome right. 15 minute tube last night and people would still be bitching about the show of life and, you know, let me lie. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, then I guess yeah. that's, that's something that, that we all need to kind of, everybody needs to reassess for his or herself is that in a world where your average fish concert is a bunch of songs, um, you know, more than a handful of flubby moments and one superlative anchor jam in the yeah. second set. And is that, is that enough to hold it together for everybody? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. comes down to your own your own per- preference, and like when I'm there, it is, you know. But um, right, right. it's different. The couch tour thing has complicated it quite a bit, I think. But um, well, Craig, we don't want to take too much of your time. I know you're with your family. Um, we appreciate you joining us, and I think leaving it with with that question of you know, <laughs> is it good yeah. enough for you being able to see the best live band in in America um, and and some ama- you know one amazing jam or or more per night? I think that's that's a pretty good. Um, good setup but we'll leave people to, to think about and, that and for the record jonathan says it is he's, he's telling us all to mellow out yeah right? jonathan wanted yeah. to send that message along he wants everyone yeah. to, to to mellow out um that, that was his message um so craig take that take that advice from jonathan too. <laughs> yeah you're so you're stay, so uptight craig stay mellow <laughs> yeah <laughs> we appreciate you taking the time craig uh thanks for having me again and um you know look uh, i said i closed my review off with you know, for me, the, the, you know, the, the better still outweighs the worse. And, yes. and it's, for me, it's the whole, it is the whole experience. And, and, you know, even with, with, uh, the shows that aren't so great, if you can, if you can still like say, but at least I still had fun, then you're winning and then yeah. we're all winning. And, and, and the, the central purpose of, of doing it is for me, at least is fulfilled. So, um, you know, there's always going to be more shows and, uh, you know, you got to catch them all. They're like Pokemon. If you want to catch those, those winners. <laughs> so everyone's got to go man. on tour. I did find myself this yeah. morning Googling how long it would take to drive to Portland and Hartford from, from where I am now. So, um, <laughs> nice. but I probably shouldn't do that, but, um, well, you can probably get tickets now. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's a good point, Craig. And thanks for, um, thanks again for, for sharing yeah. with us. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great July 4th guys. Thanks. You too. You too. So I think, um, you know, the uh, RJ, the only highlight that, that everyone can agree on is the MoMA Jam. So we'll leave everybody with that one. Got to do it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, talk to everyone post uh, Portland um, in a couple yes. of days. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Brad. Bye, man. Later. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year, and to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. <laughs> 